Hey there, I'm Emlyn Miles Mattingly, your host for the Minority Money Podcast. I'm glad you're here. You know why? Because this is the place you can come to get your weekly finance, family, and fitness motivation, not only to experience success in those areas for yourself, but also to help others in our community achieve greatness too. Super happy that you're on the show with me. So let's jump right in. Welcome to the Minority Money Podcast. I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, founder and president of Gen Next Wealth. Today, we are continuing our journey in the month of education for February, and we are going to talk to educators today. I think what we're going to share today is going to be good for everyone, but I know that educators are going to receive a special little something for them today because we've been focusing on education and we've been taking this journey and it's been very, very fun. I've received great feedback. And today we are going to be joined by my good friend and fellow financial advisor, Brianna Reich. She's a CFP. We've been friends for some time now. I think we met last year. We have been talking and she was another person that really helped me get my podcast off the ground. I spoke to her after she started her podcast and we were able to connect And she was able to give me some advice. And she's actually the one that introduced me to the people that produce our podcast. So, Brianna, thank you for joining me on the show today. Yeah, thanks for having me. And I'm going to hijack your show for two seconds. This is non-solicited, I promise. But I just have to say that, Emlyn, your host, is a very, just a really good person and a good friend because he doesn't hear from you for a minute when he heard from you a lot and says, hey, how are you doing? Like, how's life really going? And so I've said this to you off of your show but I just have to say on here publicly that you are a really good person. And I do appreciate your caring because not everyone does that. So thank you. Oh, well, thank you. Like I said, I, I take my friends very seriously. Friends, we call them family, right? They're friends, but they're yeah. family. So welcome to the family. Thank you. So if you wouldn't mind, Rhianna, why don't you give the listeners a little bit of background about yourself? All right. I feel like I've been doing this forever, so I'll try to keep it short. (laughs) Let's just say that I loved managing my own money and I knew that I wanted to help people in some way. Nursing was not for me, the whole blood thing, not my jam. So when I realized that I kind of, I was good with my money strategy and figuring out things and reaching out and asking for help, I thought, well, I can do that for other people. I helped my now husband with his business, helped him with his finances. And it just... I don't know. I was in human resources while going to school and I was talking to a lot of people about their 401ks because they just wanted to understand the basics. And it just was awesome. It was fun. It got me excited. So went to school, finished and have a concentration in financial planning, interned in financial planning. It's just always been something that I loved and went through a journey of trying to figure out where, what structure I belonged in, how to do this, how to offer this to people. There's so many options out there finally landed on the idea that I want to do this myself and I want to do it in a fee-only capacity, which I love. So I found my home in that as you have as well. So you've asked me like, how did I even get into working with who I work with? But when I opened my doors, I honestly thought I would be a female financial planning firm because I've worked in a lot of male firms and I just felt like maybe we needed more representation. And so I thought that's what I'm going to do. Like come in your yoga pants, hang out, talk about your money. And what happened was a lot of educators walked through the door and public employees in general. I've worked with them before in other firms, but what I realized was there's a huge need. People would call me and say, I've been looking for years for this. And I went, whoa, really? Like you really don't have that much help? No, the only help I have is the person that helped me open my account and I haven't seen them since. And I was constantly cleaning up stuff and doing paperwork and 
like looking at these horrendous fees and, and all this stuff. And I just thought, how can a group not have help? How can they not have representation? We've got to do this. And so my whole thing was help people that needed the help. And that's what happened. I kind of fell into it and the fire in my gut, I guess. It's kind of kept me going and I love it. It's so rewarding. So I was never an educator, but I just, how do you not help people that need help? And, and that's important. Like you've seen the need and you knew that you needed to do something. So what happens is you begin to find out how you can help these people and that group of people being educators. And Brianna has a very specific niche in her practice where she does work with educators and helping them navigate their own personal finance journeys. And I think as we look at educators and the importance of them in our children's lives, you probably don't want your educator stressed out about money as they're trying to teach your children things that they need to learn. So on behalf of all the just educators in general, I'm not an educator, but just thank you for the work that you do. I mean, it's so awesome to think that we have a resource in you that educators can go to. So Brianna, can you talk to us a little bit about your 1 Million Apples show? Don't you have a podcast or something? I do. Yeah, <laughs> I do. It's called 1 Million Apples. And we have this big, hairy, audacious goal. Like if there's four to 5 million educators across the US, could there ever be a possibility that anything we put out, and I say we, because same, we have a podcast team and I have colleagues that also work in financial reform for educators and things. So if we as a collective can just touch a hundred or a million people in any capacity, that would be insane. And it would be amazing. It'd be awesome. And so that's why it was called 1 million apples. And we put out shows that it started out where I'm going to warn you, I don't know, give you the tools you need to, to pick the right financial solutions what to look out for, you know, things like that. And then it became a little more fun. And we started having on teachers and they would tell us their financial journeys and what they went through and what they've learned and what they're doing now and from beginners to millionaires. And it's a ton of fun. I have a lot of fun with it. You mean there's millionaire teachers out there? There are. <laughs> you know, there's a fun fact that the number one profession that millionaires are married to, this is now, this is old facts. I don't know if it's still the case, but at one time, most millionaires were married to educators. Interesting. Well, it's interesting that, yes, I work with some people that are married to uh, educators that are married to someone that might own a business that does really well. Mm -hmm. That is there. But I actually had somebody on the show uh, beginning of, the, I think it was the first show of the year that we did. And both of them are educators and they are really hardcore with their savings and they are millionaires. And so you know, are they yachting around the world? No, but it's really interesting, their story. And they've done geo arbitrage. They've done all these different things to make it work. That's not for everybody. But the point is, is that all things are possible. And that's, what's fun to un unveil on the show is that you can get grants to travel the world as a teacher. You can get grants to fund your classroom. There's so many things out there. If you push and put time into it, it's really cool. So that's what I'm learning as we do the show. And that's awesome. So I, I thank you for what the work that you're doing and taking care of our, our educators. And if you could give us an inside look at, at what the educators, because you, you mentioned that looking at the financial journey of educators, but if you can give us an inside look of what that looks like for an educator as they're trying to get their, their financial house in order, just people don't be turned off by me saying it's just for educators, because I promise you this, that this is for you too. Yeah, you right there that's listening now thinking that, <laughs> no, I'm not an educator. What does this have to do with me, Emlyn? 
just understand every episode has something to do with you. So that's true. You you could pull a lot of information from every podcast episode. There's like always something that's like, okay, that might be for them, but the concept is this. And and I find that with some of my millionaire educator shows people, it's hard not to want to turn it off, but there's maybe some little thing there that you could pull from it. So you're right. I don't know if I'm going to answer this in the way you were intending the question to go, but as with everybody, a lot of people are young, you go to school, you know, educators have to have a degree, you have to have your credential that costs money. And so a lot of people rack up a little bit of student loan debt. So they start a career, not making a ton, having some student loan debt. And so a lot of the time, what we would like to see is that teachers now, newer ones, kind of look into their options for student loan forgiveness. We see a lot of people then go off to get their master's. Some fund it themselves. Some actually look within their unions and within their districts to fund some of that because you can actually have some of that cost covered. So some are doing that. What I've seen a lot, a little more, I would say some of the older educators that come in the door, they have had 403B accounts that they started in the beginning, back when they started them, the scene was very much product oriented and it was very much annuity heavy. It's called a TSA. So a tax shelter, you know, annuity. so it was really an annuity type of products industry and, you know, landscape. And so I see a lot of that. And now there's so many options out there for educators. Some, if you have any listeners that are not in California, your options might be a little bit more limited, but to those in California, there's so many options. And so we're seeing a lot of it change, but I see a lot of people just naturally go, well, I'm busy, which you are, which I respect. You have our kids all day. I, by the way, I am volunteered in my son's kindergarten class the other day. And I was like, how do they do this? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're busy and you're tired and I get it. So convenience is so nice. And so a lot of the time, the first person that shows up to help open the account is the one that gets your money. That's not always the best option. And so I'm finding that we're doing a lot of cleanup and, you know, showing other options out there. And so, sorry, I'm kind of going off on a tangent here, but I see a lot of educators start out, know they need to save money, do a good job because that's important. Saving is you performing and that's what we need you to do. And I see a lot of educators just picking a convenience and then kind of letting it ride. Mm -hmm. And then later kind of going, what is it that I have? How does this work for me? How does this work with my pension? Do I get social security? How does that work with social security? And then they start kind of questioning and wondering what they've done before. How is that working for them now? And then a lot of people reach out when they're nearing retirement because they're trying to figure out how it all pieces together. So I don't know if that's really what you're looking for, but it's just kind of a lot of the themes that I see is convenience. Not looking for anything specific. I think think a look (laughs) inside the educator's financial journey is going to be similar to most employees. Look, Inside of their financial journey, you're going to have some company things that are offered from your company. One of those things could be a 403B. If you're a teacher, you also, you like, like you had mentioned the tax shelter annuity, the TSA account. You also have some life insurance products that may be sold to you. And I think the journey of an educator is much like that of an individual. Like when I'm going to look through stuff, I actually do work like as I'm thinking, as I was listening to you talk, I've worked with quite a few educators. I Mm -hmm. I was like thinking about that with the products that you have, right? So we have a lot of products. Most people I meet have some life insurance, whether it's through work or it's a personal policy. Some people will have some type of investment account, something. They don't really know what it is, but they have something somewhere, whether it's an old 401k or a retirement plan from somewhere else. and They rolled it into an IRA and they don't know. So I think what you're saying is spot on. Now, there's some product specific things because of teachers 
having 403Bs because of them being public employees, they're going to get that. Then the, the stirs that they get, you know, having an understanding of that right before they get ready to retire, having that meeting, seeing how all that stuff is going to work together, and then talking about Social Security and a few other things. So yeah, no, there was no, I just wanted you to just talk about the journey in general. Yeah, we have a lot. I mean, in general, people have a lot of similarities with just money, smart money moves, right? Like people like have a lot of similarities when it comes to retirement options, when it comes to savings options, when it comes to availability of help, educators are kind of their own animal. It's a little bit different than not just having a 401k, but having a 401k, having social security, that's pretty, I wouldn't say that's simple. I'm just saying it's, it's just different. So when you have a pension, when you have a 401k, you usually have one. You have one option. You got the 401k. When you're a teacher, you have 15 to 20 options for your 403b savings accounts. And how do you pick those? You know, and how do you understand your employee benefits and what you should be looking for and what you shouldn't be looking for? How do you budget when you get paid maybe only 10 times a year versus 12, like maybe or 24 to 26, like other people do? So there's a little bit of a difference. So I know that you've talked about this before. Oh, yeah. You know what? You also have Pinterest, too. I almost forgot about your Pinterest page because don't you have like all kinds of ideas for educators for their classroom and just like little pin? Well, I just love, of course, Pinterest is fun just because it's pretty. So (laughs) (laughs) I love when I see organizational things. And again, keep in mind, I'm not a teacher. So I look at these things and go, oh, that looks fun. Now, is it functional? I can't say for sure. The thing is, I like to collect and share organizational stuff just team building things, leadership ideas. So yeah, we do have a Pinterest all for educators and you might look at one and go, oh, that's not good for our classroom. But you know what? Maybe there's something that's good. And yeah, <laughs> we try. <laughs> we'll touch on that to make sure that we can okay. give that Pinterest stuff to them later. <laughs> all right. So cool. what were some of the, and I don't want you to, but I know you got into this because you had some frustrations with yeah. the financial systems for teachers. So can you talk through those a little bit? Okay. I'll try not to get on my high horse here for a minute. Okay. Here's the thing in our industry, and you know, this you're in it. So in our industry, there's solutions, there's products that we can use as solutions. So I am not anti life insurance. I'm not anti all of these things that we have available. You do. A lot of people need those things to implement and put into their plan. The problem is, is that a lot of the time those are shown to people before a plan is ever created. So in my perfect world, educators or anyone listening would have a plan and then fill in the plan with a solution. That would be ideal is that that's what we, I think, and I don't want to speak for you, but I think that's our overall, like that would be great is if everyone did that. So again, in my perfect world, I wish that all educators would have the tools that they need to go out and find the plan that fits them. 403Bs are very much the same. There's so many of them And this is where a lot of my frustration comes is that there's so many 403Bs available to you in California. I'm getting very California here. But the problem is the only ones that are showing up and are convenient for you, the ones that come with some pretty hefty fees. And those are the ones that sponsor the lunches. And those are, I think we're calling this the the free lunch ain't free, right? (laughs) Those are the ones sponsoring the lunches. Those are the ones giving you the burritos, the pizza. I mean, it's usually, that's, that's usually what you get fed. And they're putting on all these things so that you sign up with their account. And then a lot of the time, this is why I get frustrated is people are coming to me because they've never heard from them again. Yet every dollar that goes in, those people are making money. Every year, those people are making money. But where are they? Have they come back? Have they helped you with anything? There's a lot of people that tout themselves as advisors while they're signing you up and then they never advise or they never help you with an overall picture. 
I personally would never have somebody just throw money into a 403B without knowing a heck of a lot more about them. So it's, it's frustrating to me that a lot of educators are told, here's a solution for you. I'm, I do all this for you. And then none of it happens, or this is the best one for you when maybe there's another one out there that's less expensive. So I just wish that what I like is that there are options out there and I can get specific, but there are ones out there in California that aren't as expensive that allow you to pay a lower fee, but then go elsewhere and actually pay for the advice that you're giving, like remove the middleman, Mm. right? Like you don't need a middleman necessarily. You don't need someone to help you open up a 403B. If you take nothing else away from this today, you do not need an advisor to help you open a 403B. Now, if you want one because you don't know how to do it or you're, you don't know what, where to go or how to start or whatever, first of all, listen to like my podcast because I pretty much tell you. And then second <laughs> of all, <laughs> you know, find somebody that isn't attached to that account to help guide you with that. That's my ideal situation for people. But if nothing else, you do not need a person to help you set that up. Yeah, absolutely. Totally agree with that. Uh, what happens with this is that just like most people that are, you know, in a financial situation, they kind of just go with the default, whatever is the easiest, but you could be doing that to your own detriment. And this is not only for teachers. This is anybody that comes out. I mean, you want, we will talk about what it means to be fee only, but the frustrations come from, you know, someone like myself or like Brianna, when we get to see what's going on with your personal finance and we're like, okay, you, you have this 403B and you may not know how much fees you're paying. Cause sometimes we just don't know. We get in and now we're like, oh wow, we're paying these fees. And when we begin to look at it, then you see that, wow, we are paying for these fees. Where is this money going? How come I'm not receiving the help that I want? And a lot of times what I was seeing with my clients when I was working at the firm that I was at prior to starting my own was that people still had questions after the fact that they were sold a product that was supposed to take care of the problem that they had. So that was that was something that was really eye-opening for me and what led me to becoming a fee-only financial advisor and then talking to my clients and making sure that we are actually giving them sound advice. I shouldn't be leading with products. I should be leading with questions to uncover the needs. Right. And I, my problem is, is that it's a system that, you know, when you have a, somebody that's now 30 coming into your office that opened an account when they were 25 and this thing is basically sitting in cash and it's supposed to you know, be safe for them and it's sitting in cash and they can't get out of it for 15 years because of something called a surrender charge, yet they're paying a commission on every dollar that goes in. You can't tell me that that's good for that person that's 25 years old. Like It is so hard for me to sit there and watch this happen. And yet this happens every single day across the US for educators because that's who makes it convenient. And then it's hard to get in anywhere if you're not that person and there's a lot of money involved and things like that. And so it's really hard to see that happen when there are so many other options out there. And then it's really sad to have people say like, I don't know who to talk to. I don't have the high asset minimum that people have. And that's fine. There's reasons why firms have that. And I'm not mad at that whatsoever, but it's just tough. The system is tough for an educator. They literally fall through the cracks in a sense. There's a lot. I could go on all day about all the different behind the scenes stuff, but my biggest, biggest thing I'm such an advocate for is fees. You talk about fees. We all charge a fee. I don't do what I do for free. You don't do. Okay. So people might hear us and go, well, 
you charge money too. Yes, I do. But I'm willing to stamp it on the front page with a big red stamp. This is what it costs. And that's what I wish that these products would do for these teachers is give them the opportunity to understand what it costs. That's it. Make it clear as day to them. This is what it costs you for you to do this. That's it. Because there is nothing wrong with people earning a commission. There's nothing wrong. with no. I don't think there is anything wrong with that. I think that's completely fine. What I see as the problem is that people don't know that they're paying commission. <laughs> and so now you have someone that's bought a product and they're paying a commission and they have no idea. Mm-hmm. And that's not fully disclosed. And I think that's something that just has to be changed. And hopefully it does happen soon. Let's talk about the differences between financial advice and financial products. I think it was a good segue because we've been talking about yeah. products. Yeah, yeah. So I see financial advice is, I don't mean to be like, oh, this is what I do here. You know, <laughs> like yeah. I see it financial advice is literally people call and go, I don't know what to do with I have all of these accounts. I inherited this. This is going on. Um, should I buy a house? Should I refinance? Like people have think of all the questions that you have swirling around in your head about money. There's people that can actually help you answer those questions without promoting a product. There are answers to those questions and somebody can help you figure out based off your life, your needs, what you want, your behavior, how you handle your money. There's people that can help you really navigate all of that stuff. And that comes via advice. Now, once all of that is figured out, someone can help implement a product and say, hey, you know, by the way, a solution to one of the things that you were wondering about is this, you know, you might need to go get this like, or, Hey, I looked at your auto insurance and did you know you're, you're not even covered for underinsured, uninsured motorists in California? Like that's dangerous. Like maybe you want to check that out. So then they would maybe go and talk to somebody that can help implement, you know, an auto insurance policy product to help fulfill that. But I mean, advice is literally like, should I do this? Should I do that? Or, Hey, do you know, it's like me enlightening you on what you have. I don't know if that's, I really, I'm not having like perfect answer day, but it's, it's strategy. You know, it's, it's more about answering your questions and helping you organize and helping you put things in order and task it out. You know, I mean, that's what I think it is. So I will agree with you on all of those points. People need objective advice. Like they come in and they want to know, you know, should I buy this house? When should I buy it? How much money should I be saving? What do my 401k benefits look like? What do my 403 benefits, 403b benefits look like? Should I have life insurance? Do I have enough money to retire? These are the kind of questions that we get when someone comes in. And none of these questions can be answered by a product. They need to be answered by some type of thought out, well thought out solution Mm -hmm. to get through these things. So when we're talking to people about the difference between financial advice versus financial products, like Brianna had stated, This is something where we need to have a real conversation about what your fears, your hopes, and your dreams are as it pertains to your finances, and then saying, okay, now, Brianna, advisors like Brianna and myself do not sell, you know, life insurance or other financial products per se. But what we can do is point you in the right direction and give you unbiased advice because we will not receive a commission for the product or the solution that we are giving you because we have already stated what our fee costs for you to talk to us. This is the perfect time for us to segue into what is a fee-only financial advisor? What is this fee-only thing that you keep talking about, Brian? Yeah, so fee-only to me is basically the only, I tell this to people that call me, the only person that pays me is you. Mm-hmm. That's it. So I don't get vacations. I don't have a quota that I have to hit for another company. I don't have kickbacks. 
none of that stuff. I mean, literally my income comes directly from you and you know what that is because here it is. It's laid out right here. So that's it. I mean, we could kind of get deeper on that, but it's basically at the end of the day, you pay me, Mm -hmm. nobody else. That's it. We talk about the fiduciary responsibility of the fee-only financial advisor. My fiduciary responsibility is solely to the client. What does fiduciary mean? It means that I have to do what's right for you because you, I'm working for you. I'm not working for some other large company that's paying me to work with you. I'm working directly with you. So the advice that I have to give you should minimize conflicts of interest because I'm going to be very, very clear with you. So let's take in case in point, if someone is doing an investment for you, because a lot of I have a lot of clients that that have investments with me. If I do manage a 403B for you, or if I do manage a 529 plan or a mutual fund account, whatever, just any of that stuff, my fees are clearly stated not only on my website, but they're stated to you. This is what we charge. This is how we are paid. And we are kind of in this boat together. And I think that's something that we didn't talk about a lot. Like I don't, cause it's, there's so much stuff going on, but I would always defer people to looking for a fee only financial advisor because they are supposed to be giving you the most objective, unbiased conflict, minimal advice. Yeah. And honestly, like what's fun for you and I is the world is our oyster. Like I can go, listen, you have a bazillion options out there and guess what? This company offers this new cool thing that is really good. Let's look, let's look at it. We can look at anything. We can look at, we can evolve as the landscape evolves. So again, people that started 403B accounts as educators way back, you only had so many options. Well, now the list has expanded tremendously. Vanguard is now on this list. I mean, there's so many options now. And so guess what? People like myself and Emily have the flexibility to say, check that out. That's awesome. That's a good solution. It doesn't cost a lot. You know, fine, pay for your advice separate, like kind of a la carte it, right? Like it doesn't have to all come together. So that's the whole advice versus product thing is like you can get advice and then you can go select the product. Your, the account is your product in a sense, right? So you can get the advice on oh, here's all your options. Let's pick the best one for you. And then you can go utilize that. And it's fun because again, as these new solutions come out, I can look at my clients and go, look, there's a new thing. And it's awesome. And now your district has it available because some districts don't have the best options and then they add them. And now we can switch you to that. That's awesome. And I don't benefit, you do, you know? So it's fun. I mean, yeah. (laughs) I hope that the listeners can hear the excitement in your voice with giving options to people that you're not even paid for. Yeah, it's it's super fun. I mean, how... I was never good at, like, I remember when I started, listen, this is why I'm terrible at being in the financial industry. I tell you, like people probably laugh at me when I started, if you were sitting across from me and I knew that term life insurance was the best thing for your a solution for you. Right. Cause I was not in the fee only world to start. I had the hardest time saying you need term life insurance. Cause I felt like people would look at me and go, do I? Do I like side eye me? Mm-hmm. <laughs> so now I'm like, no need for side eye because I don't benefit from this at all. Like you pay me. That's our conflict. You don't have to, if you don't want to. And I don't know. It's so fun. <laughs> and, and there's not, and if you don't pay me, I'm not going to give you like a, you don't have like a surrender charge for, for no, not, for not no. paying me or there's it, no penalties to pay for not paying me. We just stop we, the engagement. That's and, the thing and, is how many of us, when we're in our twenties, maybe pick something that's it's convenient and oops, 
maybe that wasn't perfect for us. We want flexibility. Well, guess what? You have a surrender charge on that 403B that comes with one. Guess what? They're a lot longer than they used to be. They used to be seven years. I saw one the other day, 15 years. That girl's 20 something years old when she got that. She didn't know it was convenient. And now she can't leave. (laughs) And if she does, it costs her money. We're not trying to scare you. We're not trying to scare anyone. What we're trying to do is just say, be more cautious, conscious of what you're doing. And arm yourself. Think about it. Yes, right. Arm like cautiously, with- just kind of like, don't be weary of everybody because there are some amazing people out there that will help you. But my job is, and I, that I love to do is just give people the tools, right? Just have that kind of just know what to look for, know what to be careful of. And listen, if you haven't looked at your 403B in the last, if you haven't looked at it at all, it's, it's a good time, you know, let this podcast be the moment that you kind of go, Oh, let's check that out. Let me know what I have. And so can I give a resource for that, by the way? Absolutely, you can. Yes. Okay. So in California, y'all have 403bcompare.com. If you want to know what the expenses are within your 403b, you go to 403bcompare.com. CalSTRS now runs that site and it has every option for every district. And so if you don't know what you have and you want to know more about it, you can dig a little bit in there. It, it still can be a little confusing if you haven't done it before, but it's one of the best resources. And if you also want to know what other options you have available to you, go check it out because you'll be surprised. You have a lot. Yes. 403bcompare.com is an excellent resource for all teachers in California. I know they have some other things outside of California, but yeah, if you're in California, that's going to be a valuable resource for you. Yeah. I definitely don't want to start like a scaring people. I'm so sorry. I'm very passionate about this so I can start doing that, but I just want everyone to know, like you do have options. And I always tell people, don't ever kick yourself for the things that you've done, because if you've opened an account and you're putting money into it, like high five, seriously, because it's so important to be saving and thinking about your future. And, you know, we can't go back. We go forward. And I always say getting into the right account then is like the cherry on top. That's all. We're just going to make adjustments. So, yes. So don't beat yourself up. No. We just learn and we adjust and we keep moving forward. Yeah. Yeah. So, Brianna, as you know, this is the Minority Money Podcast and we are changing the complexion of wealth. So, with that, we have some questions that we ask all of our guests and we're going to jump right into those with you. (laughs) What motivates you and inspires you to grow and learn? Honestly, it changes constantly. I just, my kids now, you know, like I'm watching them and I'm watching what they're experiencing. And it's like, I get to like re-experience childhood all over again. And so I learned so much about myself by watching them or how I interact with them and how they interact with their friends, my peers, you guys, y'all like motivate the heck out of me and make me want to be better and do better. And also just, again, when you see a need for something, it's like, how do you not want to go and like learn about it? and figure it out. So yeah, that's a good answer. There's no wrong answer. So that's good. Like don't <laughs> yeah. second guess yourself. on. As those. you that know, I'm it's... very family motivated, especially at the moment. And so everything at this point is like what I kind of watch from watching my kids. So I think that's powerful because I think it's important for people to know that we are regular people. Like mm-hmm. sometimes people make advisors out to be like, Oh yeah, you know, you guys have everything together. Well, you know, yeah, uh... we'd like to, yeah, not all the time. <laughs> And and we have families, we have lives, we have to go take our kids to school and we have to deal with educators too. not deal with them, but we, you know, we have to have build relationships with our educators that are in our lives. And and so thank you for that. I'm always trying to figure it out. Heck yeah. I mean, there's always, I mean, you know this, we talk all the time. I'm always like, okay, what's going on? (laughs) Get this organized. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. 
Yeah. So, so do you think education plays a big role in wealth building? Heck yes, it does. Yeah. <laughs> I think it does. I mean, so many people handle their money based off of something they learned from somebody else. Mm-hmm. So yeah, I, I truly do. The right education is obviously important. I don't know about you, but I have a lot of people come to me and I, I love a family member. I love a friend, but they don't know my money. And they don't know my daily behind the scenes. And so having the right education and being a little cautious about where that education comes from is always important. But yes, 100%, I do. And then how has your family supported you on this journey? Oh my gosh. My mom is like the sweetest person. My parents, oh my gosh, I have like the best family. (laughs) No, I mean, but you sometimes want your family to be like, uh, no. And I think my family just is so supportive that I'm like, you always say like, good job. And yes, (laughs) no, I'm just kidding. No, they've been super supportive. Uh, My husband's very supportive. He's a business owner as well, different kind of business. So he's always trying to figure out what the heck I'm talking about. My kids are support. I don't know. Just everyone's been, they've allowed me to kind of figure this out and to navigate through all this. And they've been pretty supportive. My dad was always, they were always good. Like my mom took me to the bank, you know, and like had me open a bank account and, and do all that. And I think that really helped along the way. But I learned a lot of my money stuff by going out on my own to figure that out because we didn't have a lot growing up. So it's like, I don't know, but yeah, supportive. Very supportive. So family, family has been like your anchor and that's, that's good to hear. I'm very lucky. Yeah. They've been, they've, they've been great. So if you could offer a piece of advice to the listeners as a parting gift, what would that advice be? My basic is usually, and I still rings true is life is constant reevaluation and this isn't a one-time thing. It is not like a look at your money and set it, forget it forever. Like you do have to constantly make sure it's working for what you want it to be doing. And it's really about you and what you want it to be doing and what you need it to be doing for your family. And that is something you always have to look at and reevaluate and don't do stuff for other people. Don't save money for other people. Don't buy something because other people buy it, buy it for you, like do it for you, plan it for you. Because at the end of the day, that's what's going to make it the most successful is because it was built for you and it's true to you. So very valuable words of advice from my good friend <laughs> and fellow financial advisor. Yeah. So with all of that, Brianna, first, I want to just thank you for coming onto the show. Thanks for having me. It's been great having you on. I'm always talking about you, talking about stuff that you've taught me and stuff I continue to learn from your podcast, from, you know, just you in general. And thank you for that. Thank you. And if the listeners want to get, now we talked about social media a little bit, but if they still want to get some of you, um, I'm sure they can, first they can listen to your podcast. That's 1 million apples podcast, but where else can they get you? Yeah. So as we talked about, I'm a little social media hiatus right now. I'm just so family, family right now and and work in the podcast. Like I'm just putting so much energy into all of that, but I'm on Twitter, Brianna Reich on Twitter, but find me on the podcast and I'm on Instagram, 1 million apples. I do have a Facebook page, 1 million apples, but yeah, those are the main ways to get a hold of me. Can I quickly roll out a couple resources? Absolutely. Is that, is that cool? Because I yes. wanted to do that because there's yes. a couple that I really love. So if you're an educator or if you're a parent, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter who you are. There's some really good resources out there. Um, and I'll do this as fast as possible. But the Jumpstart Coalition for Personal Financial Literacy is really good. They have a free, if you sign up, they do a scholarship to for teachers. And it's usually held in DC. I think you have to pay for your travel, but they pay for you to be there. And they teach you how to implement um, financial literacy in the classroom. So that's a really cool resource. But parents can go on there as well to get some resources. And then they can also see if financial literacy is taught in their schools. 
by going there and then they can request that it be taught in their schools if it's not. And then there was one other one for sure. And hold on, I have it on my computer because I, I had to pull it up and like search for it again. The Consumer Financial Protection Bureau has really cool little guides to go along with books about money. So they have parent guides. So if you're reading like a bargain for Francis with your kid, they have a parent guide to go with it. And you can order that stuff for free or you can just download the PDFs and they have a bunch of them. So while you're reading books in your classroom to your kids, there's a lot of books that actually have money lessons in them as well that you can discuss with them. Or if you're a parent doing the same, I love these. These are awesome and they're free. So those are two, there's so many resources, but those are two that I love. We will definitely try to get those resources in the uh, monthly, the blog that comes out with cool. the show. So there's a show, we do have a blog and we'll be able to put those resources inside of that blog. So you can just click the link as Brianna has brought them up. Wanted to just say thank you to all the listeners as we've been going through this journey on education. We would love to hear from you. Now, there's a few ways that you can get to us. One way is definitely by emailing me directly at Imlin at minoritymoneypodcast.com. That is one way you can get a hold of us. The other way is that you can definitely leave us a review on iTunes. Now we've talked about this. I've asked for it and I'm asking you for a favor so that we can continue to grow our show. And if you enjoy this show, please share it with your friends. Also give us that review. So, you know, give us a rating, give us a review. We love to hear from you, whether it's good, bad, indifferent, Whatever it is, we need the feedback so we can continue to grow and get better on this show for you, the listeners. And once again, Brianna, thank you for joining us today. Thank you so much for your friendship, as I mentioned before, and for having me on. I appreciate it. Absolutely. This is the Minority Money Podcast, and I am your host, Emlyn Miles Mattingly, where we are changing the complexion of wealth. Another great showdown. But it doesn't have to stop there. Be sure to subscribe to the podcast on whatever podcast app you're listening on now and give it a good rating, would you? If you feel really connected to the podcast, which I hope you do, find our Facebook community, Minority Money VIP, to support and be supported by others just like you. And again, we're glad to have you. While this podcast is meant to inspire and motivate you to live your best life, it can't be your complete one-stop shop. I know, I know, that really sucks. But I don't know anything about your specific situation. So please reach out to an attorney or a CPA, or you can reach out to me, a financial planner, to help you with your specific situation. To get a hold of us, please reach us at fan at Minority Money Podcast. That's F-A-N at Minority Money Podcast so we can get to know you there. Thanks for being here. And until next time, 